We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Twenty minutes a day. 365 days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into an all new episode of the Pack a Day Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Herman. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. You know our amazing guest. She's the one and only Carmen Vitale. You can find her, of course, on Fox Sports. You can find her on Twitter at Carmen V, and you can find her here every single week on the Pack a Day Podcast. Carmen, welcome back. How the heck have your holidays been treating you? Uh, it's been hectic. A lot of family in town. It's the don't know what day it is week. So I appreciate having this podcast because I know I do this podcast on Thursdays. It's Thursday. <laughs> it is Thursday. We were just talking offline. It's it, this is the hectic time of year. We've got holidays going on. It's just it's it's chaos. There's only a few weeks left in the season, of course, until we get to playoffs. Um, but it's so fun at the same time. And there's only a precious few of these games left remainder, you know, on the remaining schedule, obviously a lot going on in Packerland. And I want to start there first because we of course have been on, you know, DEFCON, whatever, I don't know if low numbers or high numbers are good or bad for DEFCON, but whatever it is, we've been in, in crazy town with all the Jair Alexander conversation over the course of the past couple of weeks. He of course is suspended for this game against the Minnesota Vikings, which is a must win game for the Packers. Your thoughts kind of from the outside looking in on this entire Jair Alexander and Packers locker room situation. Uh, I mean, the first thought was that I just, it was <laughs> entertaining, I guess. I was, I was laughing. I rolled my eyes. I was like, oh my God, now what? Uh, you know, I just, I, I just kept picturing the sideline when Jair went out to with the captains. And I'm like, what must the conversations like? It just had to have been this catch fire of like, why is he, what's going on? Like, what is he doing? These not supposed to be out there. And I, as funny and as entertaining as it was for Twitter yesterday, uh, obviously it was very serious for Matt LaFleur. And I have to think that there have been festering issues because you don't just pull the trigger on a suspension as a first resort. So this 
clearly seems to me like a something that has been kind of a, a pattern with Jair. And I mean, we've heard it in the quotes that he said when he was back, you know, back when he was playing, he was kind of calling out the offense and saying the defense had to do everything and, and has never, never been shy in front of a microphone. And I think that this was Matt LaFleur telling him, this is serious. You can't mess this up and you can't put yourself ahead of the team and you don't know better than we do. Um, and the fact I kind of low key think that Matt LaFleur was more upset that Jair botched the call uh, than he was about Jair going out there as a captain. Um, I don't know that for sure. That's just that's just me kind of projecting. But it's, this is it doesn't sound like from what Matt Lafleur said that this is the first time that there's been an issue with guys not knowing what to say when the coin toss when the coin is tossed. So much so that Matt Lafleur goes to the officials before every game and tells them that if they win the toss, this is their election. Yeah. Um, and had he not done that and had, or had the ref been a little bit more of a jerk, he yep. could have taken that as saying that the Packers wanted to kick off, which would have cost them a, an extra possession. So um, I think that that's, it's a rookie, very rookie mistake. And then to see Jair had like no remorse about it later yeah. and didn't know what he did wrong. Even after the fact this is absolutely putting a toddler in timeout. I, I think you hit on two of the key things, and one of them I've touched on, one of them I haven't. And I, the, the main one that I have not yet um, in my discussions is, is exactly what you said there. The fact that in his post-game you know, remarks, he had no remorse whatsoever, had clearly no idea that he had done anything wrong, not only by just going out there in the first place, but um, by you know going out and deciding what they wanted to do. I, I have to think that had Matt LaFleur wanted to receive, and we we know now that he wanted to defer to the second half and kick anyway, but had he wanted to receive, I don't think Jair knew that. And I don't th- I think Jair just went rogue and just did his own thing anyway. And it just so right. happened that they were on the same page that they both wanted to kick off. Uh, but obviously he screwed that up as well. I think number one, if Jair goes out there as like an extra captain and wasn't told to do so and, and was not elected as the captain, but just sort of stands to the side and just really wanted to be out there because he was back home and whatever. It maybe doesn't have the same connotation, but by taking control of the situation and the entire situation and making him the guy, and not only was he going to go out there when he wasn't told to do so or wasn't expected to do so, but also taking entire, like he was the one that was going to call heads or tails. He was the one that was going to decide if they wanted to do defense. I think that was a huge part of it. And then number two is just, again, the, the afterwards having no, even remote thought that he did anything wrong or that he even said anything wrong on the coin flip. It was, it was just a, it's a bad scene with bad optics. Yeah. And this again, hasn't been the first time that Jair Alexander has put his foot in his mouth. Uh, and so a lot, a lot of times unapologetically. So I think that this was again saying that I know things are bad and I, I have to think that Joe Barry, and I think we can get into this a little bit later, but, I think Joe Barry has lost the locker room. I don't think that these guys really, I don't see a fight in them to, to retain Joe Barry's job. And I think that this is Jair trying to be the guy because no one else is at this point. But again, this is Matt LaFleur telling you, I know things might be bad, but like that doesn't give you an excuse to make it about you. That doesn't give you an excuse to be bigger than the team and to put your needs ahead of them, especially when it almost costs you something that would have altered the game. This was, don't forget, this was a three point game. It shouldn't have been, but it was. And that extra possession 
would have almost certainly cost the Packers the game. You have to think so. And there's so many different ways to go into this. It is interesting to me that all of these issues are stemming from the defensive side of the ball, whether it be the trade of Rizul Douglas, the Devondre Campbell situation, the Jair Alexander situation. There are teams that you recognize at the end of the year that they realize their coach is getting fired. Everyone's going in a different direction. And you can just see that team sort of kind of give up on the season and start to be, get ready for the off season and whatever's going to happen next. It feels like this Packers team has this duality where the offense is trending in the right direction. They're trying to fight their way to a playoff spot. They know that every side, everything on their side of things is going to be fine. Matt's going to be back. The entire offensive staff's probably going to be back. Jordan's there long. Like all of these guys are here for the long haul on offense. There's a, there's a lingering David Bakhtiari situation, but he hasn't been with the team since week one really anyway. Like uh, everything on their side is going swimmingly. And it feels like a team that's trying to do something with these final few weeks then on the defense, it feels like that team that knows everything's going to change and everything's going to get blown up. And you can tell how, like, you can see it on the field. There were multiple times where there's a completion and, and like, there's plays where Quay's just, like, throwing his hands up, rolling his eyes. You can, right. you can, it is palpable. You can cut it with a knife how frustrated this entire defense is. And you're starting to see this, I think, just sort of come to the forefront with all of this stuff that's happening. Yeah, I, I that is a really good way to put it. There is a there is a rift in this team, and that's what happens when you do know that there are changes coming to one side of the ball. That doesn't always happen. A lot of times, if there are sweeping changes that need to be made, it's sweeping changes across the board, and that's not the case here. The, the offense has outperformed every metric. I was on with Mina Kai. When we talked about how Packers offense is 10th in DBO in, DB, in offensive DBOA, which is incredible considering it's Jordan Love's first year starter, first and second year wide receivers and tight ends for that matter. You haven't had Aaron Jones consistently like you thought you were going to have. Your offensive line wasn't as solid as you thought it was going to be either. So for them to outperform this and to do so well that they have the team in a playoff spot, it it's but it's also disheartening to see that the defense even though they know things are going to change on that side of the ball, isn't fighting for the offense. And that's kind of where that needs, that needs to be addressed by Matt LaFleur. And I think that that's what this Jair suspension kind of sent a message to the entire team. Like we're all in this together. So I know that we're going, we're still fighting for a playoff spot. I know that Jair is our conceivably our best corner or, you know, perceptively the perception is he's our, our best corner. Um, but I'm going to suspend him anyway because we need to be we're all together in this. And and that's been the story of the of of the season. Yeah, it really has been. In in your opinion, and obviously again, we don't know the whole story. And Matt Matt made it pretty clear when he said it's never just one thing in his press conference uh, following the Jair suspension. But in your opinion, does the punishment here fit the crime for for Jair and uh you know with it being a one game suspension? When you have a 365-day-a-year podcast, you need to have the energy and the health to be able to provide that content every single day of the year. 
When I'm not feeling the best, whether that be due to illness, gut health, or low energy, it's hard to focus and it's hard to be efficient with my work. Everything is just slower and everything becomes such a grind. That's why I started drinking AG1 daily. When I started drinking AG1, I could legitimately feel a difference in my energy and I noticed I was becoming sick far less often. That's because AG1 is a foundational nutritional supplement that supports your body's universal needs like gut optimization, stress management, and immune support. Since 2010, AG1 has led the future of foundational nutrition, continuously refining their formula to create a smarter, better way to elevate your baseline health. I recommend AG1 to all my family and friends because AG1 has a team of doctors and scientists and because it is formulated based on the latest science while maintaining their high quality standards. AG1 is the supplement I trust to provide the support my body needs daily. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash packaday. That's drinkag1.com slash packaday. Check it out. Today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. This year, our family had a few different ways that we did gifts for the holidays. We did some traditional presents, we donated to a variety of charities, and we planned a fun trip for the entire family. Of course, I may have snuck a gift for myself in there during the process as well, but whether or not your family gives gifts during the holidays, you still get to define how you give to yourself. A great way to do that is by giving yourself the gift of therapy. Therapy is powerful. It works and strives to make us the best versions of ourselves and work out the kinks of the everyday daily grind that can continue to beat us down. And during the holiday season, it's really easy to become unaligned with all the regular daily stress, plus the rigors and anxiety that come with the holiday season. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. My favorite part about BetterHelp is that it's entirely online, which makes things so incredibly convenient, and that it's flexible and can be suited to your own unique schedule. In this season of giving, give yourself what you need with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Packaday to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Packaday. Hey there. I'm sure you've heard a ton about daily fantasy sports, but I'm here to tell you that you've never experienced anything quite like prize picks. With basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey at a 10.5 combo of three points made plus receptions. Even more fun yet? Do you want to play alongside some of Prize Pick's favorite players like rapper Meek Mill and comedian Andrew Schultz? You can now find community plays under the promos tab of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in the Prize Picks community each week. I've had so much fun making prize picks a part of my daily fantasy sports routine. They cover all of my favorite sports, have a ton of variety and different options to choose from, and the player choices are immense. I even had a fun J.K. Scott selection the other day for the Chargers game. I recently had a big win on Saturday morning in a London game, and it just made the viewing experience so much more enjoyable. It's fun, it's exciting, it's easy, and there's a level of creativity and uniqueness about it that I really, really enjoy. So go to prizepicks.com slash packaday and use code packaday for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash packaday using code packaday for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. I don't know that I can answer that because I don't know what all went into that decision. If it's just going out as the captain and potentially botching the call, probably not. But again... Clearly, there's been a festering issue here with Jair and the fact that he also has been talking to media while he was out and injured 
I just think that there was a message that needed to be sent. And this is the way that Matt LaFleur chose to do it. I don't have all of the context. I don't have all of his reasoning. So I don't know that I can really definitively say this is a good punishment or this is a bad one. I know this is a severe one. So clearly there are issues that there are things that are going on behind the scenes that we don't know about. And that's fine. But um, it certainly is going to be interesting on Sunday to see how this all ends up affecting how the the Packers chances and if the offense can go out there and score enough. Or if they do get a reaction from the defense and maybe it is an eye opening yeah. moment of, all right, like things have got to change. Uh, to me, it's if, if Green Bay felt the need in a must win game against their division rival, Minnesota Vikings in a must win game for the Vikings on the road against Justin Jefferson, possibly Jordan Addison. We'll see if he's healthy enough or not. But um, if they felt like they needed to suspend him for this game at this moment, it, it had to have been something that was building up enough where they felt that there was no other option than to do that. And I, I think to some extent, the timing was right. And what I mean by that is they're going to now see in the final weeks of this season, how Jair responds to this and how the rest of the defense mm-hmm. responds to this. And we'll see good, bad, or ugly, what that means. And then how green Bay adjusts moving forward. Um, just kind of taking a, a quick, you know, sort of overall glance back at that Packers Panthers game, other than the entire pregame fiasco and Jair suspension, anything else that stood out to you from that game? Uh, I mean, offensively, you know, you put 33 points on the board and usually when you score over 30 points, you're going to win a game. It, it came down. It was close. I love, I like seeing Jordan love be able to bounce back though. Cause you had a couple of those late three and outs in the game where you needed more points because the, the gap was closing and he came back and he was able to deliver on that last drive and give, give Anders Carlson a chip shot to win the game. And that, is what you want to see out of these guys as how they kind of battle through these things when things aren't going so well. Um, I, I thought that Tucker craft has been a really reliable target. He's really come on strong the last couple of weeks, even, but this game literally started and ended with Tucker craft. It was the first play of the game, chunk play. It was the last play of the game, chunk play. And just feel like he has become someone that Jordan love can turn to which is great because I, you know how Matt LaFleur loves to use his tight ends and loves to use those big targets. Uh, it's something this offense has done really well for years. And I like to see that that's continuing with Tucker Craft. Uh, it's it, especially when Luke Musgrave was supposed to be the guy, you know? So I, those, those are the things that kind of stood out to me in the game. And again, this team can fight through some things and that's why I think they're ultimately going to be okay. They've passed a lot of tests and they faced a lot of different challenges and unique situations. And especially Jordan's come out of this with, you know, almost flying colors. It hasn't been perfect, but uh, he's really been impressive in the face of some adversity through the course of this season. And I have unrealistic, unhealthy excitement about what Tucker Craft is bringing to this offense and what I think he can be moving <laughs> forward. He's really freaking fun. He's got the right tight end mentality where there's just like something probably a little bit wrong with him, but in all the right ways. Um, That's what you need. Uh, you absolutely need that. Exactly. <laughs> Jordan Love even said so much. He yes, needs to stop saying. hurdling people, or as I joke, there's not going to ever be a Tucker Craft Jr., so he needs to figure that whole situation out. But um, he's really, really fun to watch, and I'm super excited about him. So obviously we're recording this as of right now. Uh, We just heard word that Jaron Hall is going to become the starting quarterback this week for Minnesota. They started Jaron Hall for a little bit. I believe he got knocked out with a concussion. Then they go to Mullins or sorry. Then they go to Josh Dobbs, then Mullins and now back to Jaron Hall. Your thoughts on Hall being uh, the guy officially named as the starting quarterback moving forward for Minnesota. 
I think this is a smart move for Minnesota because you have to see Jaron Hall in a relatively low kind of pressure situation. I don't think that the Vikings are expecting any playoff run, even if they do end up sneaking into the playoffs. That's that's not what this year is about. They've al- they were always going to have a question mark at quarterback after they did not extend Kirk Cousins. So this is just them trying to stay afloat and figure it out and improve in other sides of or other aspects of the team rather than under center. So if you can figure out that you have a viable backup in Jaron Hall, a fifth round rookie out of BYU, then all the more power to you that takes the pressure off of that part of the equation on whether you keep Nick Mullins as the backup, which I don't think is a scenario. Um, now you can see if you drafted one. I don't know that Jaron Hall is the guy, but you know when he wasn't thrown in, when he got to actually start a game, that, that game that Josh Dobbs ended up coming into, he looked a little bit more comfortable. He wasn't as skittish in the pocket, and he at least – knew where he was supposed to go with the football. Now all all of those plays were scripted because he didn't make it out of the scripted plays before he got knocked out. Need to see if you can get him a little bit more comfortable at at NFL game speed. And that's what these last couple games can give you, uh, at least an evaluation of him, a a mini evaluation of him. The only thing is (laughs) Vikings quarterbacks in their first game starting for the Vikings have tended to do well it's almost like beginner's luck has happened for each of these quarterbacks that have come in uh for the Vikings now they're up to four on the season so you don't know if it's the beginner's luck or if it's he's he really has something but I mean Justin Jefferson has been very effusive in his praise for Jaron Hall and said that you know he has something he's a good quarterback and we're going to see that over the next games this Vikings though yeah, I'm excited to see, you know, Jaron Hall and just kind of what he can do. He's a player that I liked coming out of college. Um, obviously hoping it doesn't come against Green Bay. But uh, guess what? Jaron Hall won the quarterback lottery. He now gets to face a Joe Barry defense that is making everyone look like the second coming of Joe Montana or whatever Hall of Fame quarterback you'd like to insert into that <laughs> sentence. So it feels like Jaron Hall won the quarterback lottery this week, and he probably did. Um, and to your point, it's like maybe Minnesota's direction should just be start a new quarterback every week so they get that beginner every game week. luck and then they move on to somebody else. This well, We can just jump into to Vikings-Packers right away because um, this is an interesting matchup. It feels like an elimination. It basically is an elimination game for both of these teams. The winner stays alive. The loser, depending on what happens, could um, either could be eliminated or for all intents and purposes is eliminated. Um, but your thoughts on this game and what you're going to kind of be watching for both of these teams? The big thing with this game is going to be, can the Vikings score points with Jaron Hall under center? (laughs) Because we know that the defense is what's basically been keeping them afloat. Uh, I know they allowed a lot of points last week, but at the same time, Nick Mullins turned the ball over six times, four four interceptions, two fumbles. He had two fumbles. I don't know if he lost both, but he also turned the ball. He he was intercepted four times. So uh, it, it was against a good team too. I want to see if, you know, the the Vikings can actually put some points on the board, help their defense out a little bit more, and then how the Packers are going to counter that. This is going to be a litmus test for Jordan Love's improvement and development. I mean, these two teams met back in week eight, and it didn't go so well for Jordan Love against this Vikings defense. Uh, It went worse for Kirk Cousins, unfortunately. (laughs) But that's the thing is, has Jordan Love grown? Has he seen more? Has he gotten more experience to the point where he can now counter – 
a very sophisticated and complex defense that Brian Flores runs. I mean, they present so many different looks and they can, they have autonomy. The players have autonomy on the field to change things around based on what they see from the offense. It's very player driven. And because of that, it makes it very difficult to counter. So I want to see just how Jordan love has improved and what he can do against this team that back when he first faced them, he looked a little bit like a deer in the headlights. Don't blame him for it, but now it's time to kind of show you, all right, this is who I am now. This is how much I've gotten better, and this is what I've seen. So this is what I'm going to do to counter you. And hopefully he'll have some weapons around him to help him out. It's going to depend very heavily on the health of of this Green Bay offense. It does feel like these final two weeks against this Vikings defense and then against Eberflus and the Bears defense, there's just been night and day difference with Montez Sweat um, with them. Feels like kind of like a final boss for this season for Jordan Love, <laughs> where it, like they were they had plenty of success against the Bears in week one. Obviously, they did not against the Vikings earlier this season, but these two defenses are playing really good football right now. And now it's a must win game. If you want to get in the playoffs, you've got to find a way to win. And now it's like, all right, you've learned all this stuff through the course of the season. Can you go up against these two really good defenses, final two weeks, and find a way to put up enough points to win in both of these games? And for that reason, I'm really just excited to see how Jordan and this offense responds to both of these challenges. And you do have this really interesting dynamic in this game where you've got uh, the strength of really the, the both sides right now is the Vikings defense against the Packers offense. So it's strength on strength. And you've got a Packers defense that can't stop anything or anyone for any reason in any moment against a Vikings offense that is starting a rookie fifth year, uh, sorry, rookie fifth round pick, um, making, I think, his second start, very limited playing time. No TJ Hawkinson, beat up offensive line. Jordan Addison's a question mark. It's like, can can the Vikings do enough still to put up points? I would assume that the Packers are going to give up points because that's just kind of in their DNA. But it's just a really interesting matchup, and I'm excited to see how it plays out. Yeah, we're just we're definitely going to see what Justin Jefferson can do and solely Justin Jefferson, because he's really the only thing on on this Vikings offense that's going right as of right now. And their offensive line is healthy still. So that's that's going to be good for the rookie. But how how many reps has Jaron Hall really gotten with Justin Jefferson for all the time that Justin Jefferson missed and for all the time that Jaron Hall was probably running the scout team? He's not throwing the ball a lot to Justin Jefferson. That being said, though, Justin Jefferson is that special of a receiver that I mean, we saw it with Nick Mullins. Uh, It was just the rule of like the ratio rule of like the Randy Moss ratio rule (laughs) where it was just like, screw it. He's down there somewhere. I'm just going to throw the ball up and see if Justin Jefferson can come up with it. And more often than not, Justin Jefferson does. So we're going to imagine we're going to see a lot of that. Luckily for the Vikings, he'll just be open anyway. So it's not even going to have to be a question of like, should I throw this pad? He'll just be open. So it should be a fairly easy decision, even for a rookie fifth round quarterback. Really quick before we get you out of here, any other thoughts on the NFC North? Obviously, big Lions-Cowboys game coming up. Lions clinched the division last week, but as you wrote this week, they obviously have their eyes set on bigger things. Um, Anything else NFC North related that we should kind of be keeping an eye on as the season winds down? Yeah, this is going to be an interesting game for the Lions. I don't have any doubts about their motivation, and I don't think Packers fans should either, given that Week 18 game last year where they played solely out of spite with nothing left to play for for themselves. They just pulled the Packers out of the playoffs. So they absolutely, and they do have things to play for. They have seeding. There is a very small but still possible window to the one seed even for the Detroit Lions, as I believe Peter Schrager pointed out on Good Morning Football the other day, yesterday or this morning. 
Um, but they still, I mean, to get a home game for their fans, this is this is the type of thing that these guys do play for. This is what Dan Campbell, they don't shy away from the expectations that the city has of them. They don't shy away from what they mean to Detroit. And Detroit's a football town for as bad as the Lions have been for pretty much all of our lives. Uh, it is a football town and it means a, a lot. So to be able to host a playoff game would mean so much to the city. And that is enough for the Detroit Lions to play for. So that's going to be a really interesting matchup, especially going down to Dallas where the Cowboys have been so incredibly successful. I mean, I, they, they, they almost never lose at home uh, with Dak Prescott under center. So I think there's weirdly some good matchups there for the Lions though. I think the strength of their defense uh, which isn't saying a lot because there's a lot of question marks on the defense right now, is where the Cowboys have struggled to attack, which is the middle of the field. That's their strength too. CeeDee Lamb is usually in the slot, but they haven't seen, you haven't really seen that. So do they move him to the outside uh, for this game and, and try to kind of attack the outside of the of Detroit secondary? Because I think that there's a weakness there. But then the Dal- Dallas has been really, uh, you know, they've been subpar against the run or just very perfectly average against the run. And that is something that the lions do extremely well. And that is what opens up the rest of their offense. So that game in particular is going to be very, very interesting. And it's going to be a really fun game between two powerhouse teams in the NFC and a, and a playoff preview. If these two teams continue to make a playoff run. Yeah, it should be really interesting. That should be a fantastic matchup this week. It's one I'm certainly looking forward to. And then, unfortunately, Packer fans get the unpleasant experience of getting to be Bear fans this weekend and uh, you know trying to beat the Falcons, which a Falcons loss could be beneficial for the Packers. So uh, that will make for strange viewing purposes for Packer fans, but uh, probably necessary for those Packer fans that are still hoping for that playoff spot. Carmen, phenomenal stuff as always. Always love chatting with you uh, and taking a spin around the NFC North every single week. Tell everyone where we can find all of your fantastic work. Yeah, all of my articles appear on foxsports.com, but everything, all of my appearances and articles are usually posted on my Twitter, which is V, or on Instagram uh, if I really like the articles. <laughs> uh, go and Go and check me out on both of those places. Make sure to give her a follow on social. Make sure to check out all their articles. They're all amazing. So regardless if they're on Insta or not, make sure to check them out. You can find me at Andy Herman NFL. You can find the podcast at Packaday Podcast. For Carmen and I, we will see you next time. But until then, go Pack Go.